This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Rob Breckenridge with you. Well, anytime you see the word scientist baffled, you know, it should uh, catch your attention. Uh, but this is a fascinating topic. It concerns what are known as fast radio bursts. I think there, there are almost two dozen of these that scientists have detected. But one in particular detected in 2015 in Australia has raised a lot of questions. So a new paper that's been published on that FRB basically raises even more questions. Uh, as turns out, from where this burst came from, the direction of the sky it came from, we probably shouldn't have been able to see it. Yet we did. Now, there are all kinds of theories as to what causes these fast radio bursts, or fast radio bursts, where they're coming from. I mean, the bottom line is, at this point, we don't know. All right. Well, I want to bring into the conversation uh, someone who, who knows a lot about this subject. I'm very pleased to welcome to the program uh, Professor Abraham Loeb, who's a Frank B. Baird, Jr., professor of science at Harvard University, chair of the Harvard Astronomy Department, founding director of the Black Hole Initiative, chair of the Breakthrough Starshot Advisory Committee, vice chair of the Board on Physics and Astronomy with the National Academies. Uh, Avi, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. My pleasure. Thank you. Okay, so what does this new research tell us about FRBs, or this, this one in 2015 in particular? Yes, um, so fast radio bursts are uh, brief flashes of radio waves that are uh, that last for about a thousandth of a second, uh, and there are thousands of them every day uh, across the entire sky. This particular burst appears to be repeating. The source keeps coming back again and again. Uh, and uh, also it was identified, thanks to the fact that it repeats, we could localize it. So it was identified to be hosted by uh, a small galaxy at a great distance, uh, a billion light years away. And so um, that's the only thing we know. We know that uh, there is a source uh, for this particular one that keeps uh, repeating, so it cannot be associated with a cataclysmic event where the source explodes and disappears. Right. It must be a source that maintains uh, uh, its activity over an extended period of time, by now several years, um, and um, it's at a great distance. And the radiation is very bright. Um, it's um, equivalent to the amount of power that is intercepted by the Earth from the sun, in radio waves, um, and uh, moreover, it's extremely bright. Um, if you had to produce it with uh, a certain temperature, heating a, 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 an object to some temperature, it would be 10 to the power 36 degrees. It's uh, extremely bright. Um, and so one way to generate such a very high brightness uh, is uh, by, um, for example, um, having a, a, a very compact star, um, a star as massive as the sun, but as, as, as small as uh, a large uh, city, um, 10 kilometers in size. Uh, these are called neutron stars. And uh, on the surface of such a neutron star, if, if there, there is a very strong magnetic field, in principle, you can generate uh, a very powerful radiation. We haven't seen anything like that before. These kinds of sources are uh, tens of billions of times more bright than the brightest radio sources that we have seen with, uh, associated with neutron stars. So it's very puzzling. And of course, a remote possibility is perhaps these are artificially produced uh, signals uh, produced by some alien civilization. Which, I mean, is one theory, but I guess what's significant though is that at this point we can't really rule that out, can we? 
we cannot rule it out. Um, uh, we just need more data. So we, as you said at the beginning, uh, we have a couple of dozens uh, of uh, fast radio bursts, but there are thousands of them every day across the sky. And um, with uh, new telescopes coming online, we should be able to uh, have a, a much larger sample and get more information about them. And if we ever uh, find one that is in our galaxy, in the Milky Way galaxy, it would be uh, so bright that uh, we could, in principle, even detect it with a cell phone. Uh, so we would learn a lot about the nature of the source if we happen to find one in our galaxy. Right. And so what's significant here with this one uh, is it came from outside our galaxy. But uh, this, this latest paper suggests something odd because it seemed awfully determined to, to get to us that, that the magnetic field of the galaxy should have changed the way this, this light traveled, but it didn't. That's right. Yes. And uh, what they see is that the magnetic field of the galaxy doesn't have much of, of an impact on this, on this one. And uh, that could be just a coincidence, the fact that we are looking along uh, in the direction where uh, the, the magnetic field of the galaxy uh, it reverses its uh, sign, it reverses its direction. And, and as a result, we don't get much of an effect uh, when we go along that direction. Um, uh, so it may be just a coincidence that the authors of this paper, um, uh, they don't know wh why it so happens that the Milky Way doesn't uh, have much of, of an impact um, in terms of the magnetic field on this burst. Um, but uh, one thing that people noticed in the past is that we seem to miss uh, some fast radio bursts in the direction of the Milky Way. And, uh, you know, there might be a reason for that. So um, we can see this one uh, along the direction of the Milky Way, perhaps because there is not much of an effect of the Milky Way, but most of the other ones uh, where there is an effect, perhaps we are missing them, and that explains the, the deficit, the paucity in, in, in fast radio bursts in the direction of the Milky Way. I mean, if we were talking about something that was artificially produced, what, what's, what kind of level or sophistication of technology would be involved? I mean, could, could humans create something like this? Yes, yeah, so um, I actually uh, wrote a paper on this subject with uh, a, po a colleague of mine, Manas Willingham, and we uh, basically tried to estimate what's needed to produce um, the brightness of fast radio bursts. What you need is, uh, if you imagine that it has to do with, with a planet around another star, you need to use as much power as, is, as, as starlight uh, is uh, impinging on, on the surface of the, of the planet. And then you need to produce it, uh, to, to beam it in radio waves. And uh, one possible reason for a civilization to do that is to propel a spacecraft using light. Uh, there is a technology called light sails, where one is using light in order to push on a sail, just like a sailboat that is being pushed by a wind where the wind, the air, uh, atoms are bouncing off the sail and pushing it. Uh, in this case, it's the particles of light, the photons that are bouncing off the sail. And in principle, one can reach uh, very close to the speed of light using this uh, technique. And um, uh, if one goes through the numbers, one finds that actually the best uh, frequency to operate in is in radio waves. Um, if you want the spacecraft not to uh, accelerate too much, uh, to have roughly an acceleration of 1G that, that we have on the surface of the Earth, if, if there are you know, living 
creatures there, like humans, um, you don't want to accelerate them too much. And it turns out that uh, radio waves are, are the best way to do it. Um, and uh, we went through the numbers, and it looks, in principle, possible if the civilization is very advanced. Basically, if our civilization wanted to do that, we would need to cover uh, a, a significant fraction of the surface of the Earth with photovoltaic cells uh, using the energy coming from the sun. And then taking that energy and beaming it in, in radio waves on, on a sail uh, and pushing a giant spacecraft uh, close to the speed of light. Um, now, we, we are not at that level uh, <laughs> at all. Uh, we are just starting to contemplate right now uh, this technology of light sails, uh, but with a much lighter uh, spacecraft that weighs roughly a gram. This is called the uh, Project uh, Starshot, uh, mm -hmm. and I'm involved in that project. Uh, and that's the reason that I thought about this possibility. But, uh, you know, this is a complete... Uh, hypothetical possibility at this point because we have no um, reason to believe that the signals are artificial. Right, at this point. So what, what might we need to see then in the future that, that might at least point us in that direction? Yeah, so um, uh, there are several characteristics that would make it look as if it's um, artificial and not natural. For example, if you look at the frequency uh, of, of the signal and you find that um, that it has some peculiar patterns, uh, that the, the, the signals are concentrated at some particular frequencies that one cannot explain naturally. Or if you see that the signal is very brief in time, much shorter than a thousand of, of a second, um, it would be really difficult to produce it naturally. Uh, basically, getting more uh, information about the fast radio bursts would help um, figure out whether they are natural or artificial. And it's one of these situations that are quite rare in, in astronomy where we look at the sky, we see something that we don't understand. And it's like a detective story. We need to collect more clues and, and not have a prejudice. The, the, if you look at the history of astronomy, uh, you find that uh, many of the mistakes were made because people had prejudice. We saw that the sun moves around the Earth and that prevented progress for a long period of time. Um, and so the best approach is basically to be agnostic about the origin and just collect more data. Well, it's fascinating stuff. Professor Loeb, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for making some time for us here today. Great insight. My as pleasure. Always. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. All right. Uh, that's Avi Loeb, uh, professor of science, Harvard University, chair of the Harvard Astronomy Department, director of the Institute for Theory and Computation, chair of the Breakthrough Starshot Advisory Committee, vice chair of the Board on Physics and Astronomy, the National Academies. Uh, it could go on and on, but that's, you know, an impressive CV, as they say. So, yeah, and, and we, we spoke to him a while ago when he published that paper, the idea of, you know, light sails as something that could possibly explain these, these fast radio bursts. But it's a fascinating theory, and, and who knows, maybe it's wildly speculative, but what's so fascinating about it is it at least matches up with the data. It's a plausible explanation. And at this point, all we've got are basically guesses. And a lot of those theories, like, you know, as, as he said, something cataclysmic, a star exploding or whatever, something like that, that wouldn't explain why these signals repeat, because that would just be a one-time thing. So what we can say with certainty is that we have no bloody idea what these are, which is fascinating in and of itself. 403-974-TALK. We're back with more right after this.
Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.